Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your spirit is already speaking to us as we sang and we worship. Indeed, our sins are many. Your mercy is more. Not just enough, but more than enough. So Lord, today as, your, as we hear the preaching of your word, may your Holy Spirit continue to minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What is question 7 of the New City Catechism? What does the law, law of God require? That we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbour as ourselves. Have you tried doing that? Have you tried? Last week, we heard a sermon on uh, growing in holiness. Did you take that sermon seriously and try to be holy last week? I did. And I must confess to you, I am tired. I am tired. I'm tired not because of Chinese New Year. I'm tired because of my struggling with my own sin. Trying to be holy. Loving God and loving others got me tired. Are you tired? Have you tried being holy? Some of you may say, Pastor, I'm not just tired. I am sick and tired. Others may say, I'm not just sick and tired. I'm sick of being tired. Friends, if you are tired, sick of being tired, or sick and tired, you are normal. You heard it correctly. You are normal. In fact, every child of God will feel tired because you are struggling to live a holy life. If a child of God is not tired, means the person is not trying to live a holy life. It's as simple as that. When we live in our sin, we are not tired because there's no struggle. When there's a struggle, you'll be tired. Today, I have good news and bad news you will hear a lot of bad news. Because Romans chapter 7 is talking about the law and our struggle with the law. That is Romans 7. That is the bad news. Romans 8 talks about freedom in Jesus. If you look at the chart, this year, we, uh, this few months, we are covering the book of Romans, God's righteousness revealed. And it begins with Paul writing about our sin and how we need God's righteousness or how we need righteousness. And that righteousness is provided for, we learn in Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 25. And salvation has been given to us. We have been declared righteous. We are justified, not by our works, but by the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that righteousness brings freedom and life as we walk a process called sanctification. 
notice with me that the progression is realization of sin, receiving salvation, and then the sanctification of walking towards holiness. Don't get this mixed up. Okay? Sin, salvation, and sanctification. So today, as we talk about sanctification, we talk about the struggle that is inside every one of us and we need to battle sin until the very end. Friends, there is a spiritual battle going on. And that battle is not just in Russia or Ukraine. The spiritual battle that is happening is happening in each and every one of our lives. In a battle, soldiers have no choice but to fight. And we are in a spiritual battle. And this war is real. In a battle, if you don't fight, you die. You perish. Therefore, as a Christian, we must battle sin until the very end. Between an aeroplane and every other form of transportation, there's a great contrast. The car, the bicycle, the motorcycle, the speedboat, the cruise ship, the battleship, all of them, when their engines stop, when they stop working, nothing happens. It is just stand still. The ship will still float. The car will still be on the road. You won't die. But for an aeroplane, it has to power on to land safely. Even after it has touched down, it has to power on and put on reverse thrust. If not, the plane will run out of runway. And that is the same for us Christians. We have to power on. We have to battle until the very end. We must battle and power on until we arrive in the promised land. We must persevere because the struggle is real. I know we prefer to talk about spiritual victories, success, overcome, and so on and so forth. We will come to that. That is found in Romans chapter 8. But before Romans chapter 8, we must cover Romans 7. Because the more we understand our struggle and our sin, the more we will appreciate the freedom that Christ brings. So today, I will share with us three struggles and three things we can do. First struggle, the struggle to live up to what you know you ought to be. That is the first struggle. All of us know what we ought to be because of the law. Verse 15, Paul writes this, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that the law is good. And it is. It is no longer I myself who did it, but it is sin living in me. Let's break down, let's break down this portion of scriptures. Verse 15, Paul says, I do not understand what I do. Now, 
That is an amazing confession. And oftentimes we hear children say that. We don't hear adults say that because adults are all clever people. We should know what we do. <laughs> right? Adults don't admit that I don't know what I do. Children, very innocently, they will take a rock and do not know for whatever reason, they will throw it into some high-rise building or through a window. Right? Uh, as kids, uh, I used to play soccer at home. At home. Uh. Chinese New Year, you know the Tovas? Uh, with the pussy willow. Uh. Yeah, you pass to your brother, your brother pass back, and then one missed kick, and then the ball suddenly hit the vase. The vase shake a few times and then topple. Plank. And when your parents ask you, why you do that? What is the answer? I don't know. Right? When, what Paul is saying is actually true of all of us. There are times in life that we will do something silly. When somebody asks you why you did it, the only answer that you can come up with is, I don't know why I did it. Pastors are not spared. You know, sometimes pastors uh, may say the wrong thing. Right? Why did you say that? Sometimes my wife asks me, when I, after I preach, I go back, huh? my wife asks me, why you say that? You know what's my answer? I don't know. Why did you go to that place? I don't know. Why did you sign that purchase? Why did you buy that car? I don't know. Why did you make that deal? I don't know. Why did you break that promise? I don't know. The only answer you can come up with is, I don't really know why I did that. Or is it just me? I think all of us, to some extent, have been in that situation before. I don't really know why I did that. Something deep down inside me made me do it. And I don't really understand why I did it. Well, you are in good company. Because that is what the Apostle Paul also said. I do not understand what I do. Then here's, here, here is his confession. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Paul is confessing here that the, the struggle that is happening inside him. He is saying that he feels like a split personality. He feels that there is a continual war that is going inside him. It is almost he feels that there is two of himself inside him. Or if he hears two voices. One calling him this way, the other calling him the other way. And he says, I want to do good, but I don't do it. But the thing that I do not want to do, I do it anyways. This is the human situation. We know the good, we know the law, but we don't do it. We know what is wrong, and we struggle and fight against it, and we end up doing it, breaking the law. We say, I will, and then we don't. And then we tell God, I won't, I won't sin, and then we do. We make a promise. 
and then we break it. We set a New Year resolution and then we don't go after it. Now February already. Eh? And then we say, I will never do that again. But we do it. We get down on our knees and we say, Oh God, if you deliver me this time, ah, this time you deliver me, ah, I will never do it again. And then the next day, we do it again. Or we say it again. That is the truly human experience for each and every one of us. It is the same for all humanity. Christians and non-Christians alike. You are not as good as you think and you are worse than you would like to admit. Which brings us to our second struggle. The struggle to come to grips with repeated personal failure. Verse 18, Paul writes, he continues, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who did it, but it is sin living in me that does it. You look at verse 19. Paul writes, The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul was saying this as an apostle. He is not the greatest sinner. No? He is an apostle, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle that the Lord used to win the Gentile world. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can understand these words. This will make sense to you. Because those who are truly born of God develop in their heart a deep and honest and holy hatred for sin. If you are a true child of God, you are not going to be comfortable with sin. And the Holy Spirit that dwells in your heart will convict you of that sin. You will have no peace. And therefore, that is why there is this struggle. It has been said that the closer you come to God, the lesser you will sin and the more of a sinner you will realize yourself to be. That means to say, if you come closer to God, you will sin less. But deep down inside you, you feel like a wretched sinner because you are more sensitive to sin. As a pastor, I get to hear confessions. Confessions of deep personal failures. Sometimes they are new Christians. But more often than not, they are not new Christians. They have been Christians for a long time. Sometimes it is for a first-time sin. But more often, it is for a sin that they have been struggling for the longest time. And you know what? After so many years as a pastor, I say this thoughtfully and humbly. It is almost impossible to shock me now. I have listened to so many confessions. I know of so much failure, so much pain. Nothing surprises me anymore. 
Just because you are a Christian does not make you immune to temptation. Just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you will sin no more. There will still be the pool of sin in your life. And sometimes you will succumb to it. I'm not giving you permission to sin. Don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to point out to us is the reality that is happening inside each and every one of us. So if you ask me, Pastor, what verses do you really believe at this point of your pastoral life? I will share with us these verses. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. There is no one who does good. No, not one. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death. Numbers 32 verse 23 Be sure your sin will find you out. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I add on, not even myself. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes it will find mercy. 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from every sin. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We will sin. Our sins are many. But His mercy is more. I am convinced of the reality of indwelling sin in humanity. I see too much. I hear too much. I experience too much. When I stand in front of the mirror, what do I see? I see a man who struggles with sin every single day. I see myself. Friends, we need to face our sins squarely as the law, as the law reveals it to us in Romans 7. Or you will never get to the freedom of condemnation found in Romans 8. The first step in healing is to admit that you are sick. The first step to spiritual healing is to admit that you are spiritually sick. Healthy people don't need doctors. Only sick people do. Self-righteous people do not need the Saviour. Only sinners do. The people who are made better by the power of God are the people who are not ashamed to admit their sins and the struggle that they are going through in their own personal lives. That is the second struggle. The struggle to come to grips with repeated personal failure. Third struggle. The struggle to admit the true nature of the war that is within. Verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind 
and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Now we move on to the next level. We go deeper. We go deeper in. And we see the intense struggle to own up to the war that is within us. Friends, if there's a war that is breaking out and you deny that there's a war, you know what will happen? You won't survive the war. Verse 21, Paul says, When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. The Greek word for right there with me means right beside me. Not far away beside me, but right there beside me. It is like a, a Siamese twin. It's right there beside me. Everywhere I go, evil is with me. Even when I'm doing good, even when I am volunteering at St. Andrew's Nursing Home, evil is with me. Or can I say this? Even when I come to church on Sunday morning, evil is with me. It is right there beside me. When he uses, then he goes on to uses, uh, use uh, military terms to, to describe the struggle. Evil is waging war, making me a prisoner. The Greek word for waging war means to form up the troops. Fall in the whole army. Not just one section. The whole army. And go out on a military campaign. Paul, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that indwelling sin is constantly forming up to do better with us. To pull us down, to discourage us, to destroy us, and to pull us away from God. Evil is not only with us. Evil is waging war inside us all the time. I do not know about you, but after Sunday worship, I feel very tired. I do not know why. I must go back and rest. One morning only, other days are not so tired. Maybe because there's a war that is happening inside. Sun, actually, it doesn't happen only after Sunday service. right? Saturday night already begins. Saturday night, yeah, very tempting one to stay late, stay up late, right? Don't want to sleep. And then Sunday morning, uh, very difficult to get up. I do not know why. Huh? Correct? There's a war that is happening that prevents you from drawing close to God. We are going to struggle with sin as long as we are in this body. There's no amount of going to church that is going to change that fact. There's no miracle cures for the battle that is happening inside us. There's no special program that will free you from your struggle with sin. Some people go to week, break, uh, breakthrough weekends or, or silence and solitude over and over and over again. Why? Because of that continual battle with evil and sin. Doesn't mean that you go for one marriage enrichment. Uh, 
uh, after you come out of that marriage enrichment program, your marriage life uh, will be perfect and then you will live happily ever after after that. Right? No. There will still be struggles. I read Romans chapter 7 and I see a most godly man admitting the truth about the struggle within his soul. And if Paul struggled, we are also going to struggle. The real battle of sin is not the one on the outside. It's not what other people see. The real battle is the battle that no one ever sees. It is inside us, in our mind, in our soul, in our... It is so tiring, right? Just thinking about it. It is a struggle that goes on and on and on. It's like a tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. That battle goes on every day, even every Sunday morning. We look nice in church. But friends, you know what? Behind every smiling face is a story of struggle, heartache, despair, defeat, victory, bravery, fear, courage, all mixed up together. Roja, that is what life is all about. Just think about yesterday. How was your yesterday? Some shaking their head already. Some smiling. It will be a mixed bag, right? It is like a bag of Skittles. You eat Skittles before? Different colour ones, right? Some, some sweet, some sour. You know, that is life. That is life. If we could see each other's souls, it would be more appropriate to picture this. Instead of all dressed nicely coming to church, it would be more appropriate to picture us as a group of surviving soldiers who have just went to battle, walking out of the jungle, staggering. Staggering after the battle we've seen. Some will be wounded, some limping, some will be carried out, all will be tired and soiled. That is what life is like. Some of us barely make it to church because it has been a difficult week. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, and in every way that we have struggled through the last seven days. Some of us have stayed away from church. It is a struggle to come to church and admit the truth. We would all rather think, I look good, you look good, so I don't have any problems, you don't have any problems. Then the pastor got no more work to do. Right? But beyond this facade, all of us are struggling. I empathize with you because I'm also struggling. If you are struggling, if you feel that there's a war within you, you have a lot of common with Paul, the greatest Christian ever lived. Most of us are going to struggle with some sins for many, many years. We are going to win some battles. 
and through Jesus Christ, we are going to win a lot of battles. We are going to know significant amounts of victory. If that is too good to be true, remember, Romans 8 is just around the corner. I'm not going to give you Romans 8 today, but come back next week for Romans 8. In the end, all will be okay. If it is not okay, it is not the end. What I'm saying is this, we are going to win some and we are going to lose some. In every battle, there will be casualties. There will be some of our comrades who will not walk out of the jungle. There will be some who will be carried out on stretchers. It is the same for us with our struggle with evil and sin. We are going to be knocked down and we are going to get back up. We are going to continue to struggle and through the help of God, we are going to one day win the battle. We will never ultimately win the victory until we are with Jesus face to face. But until then, we can walk in significant victory. But there's going to be a war. It is like two boxers in a boxing ring. Have you seen boxing matches? Have you ever seen a boxer who goes into the ring and never get boxed? Don't have lah. Huh? The best boxer at least also kena one punch one. Right? That is what it is like. Even the best saints of God are going to struggle. You're going to receive some blows. You're going to fall. Maybe not as often, but you will. And when you fall, get up and continue punching. Who will win the boxing match? The one who continues punching. The one who stops punching will get KO. Christians, that is the same for us with our struggle with sin. Continue punching. Even when you cannot lift up your hand already, continue punching. All of us are going to struggle. How else could you explain pastors that fall? How else can you explain seemingly godly people going into adultery? How else can you explain Christian leaders, Sunday school teachers who admit to hideous sins? How do you explain the people of God who end up in prison? How do you explain God's people giving in to anger, bitterness, rage, gossip, anxiety, and the rest of it? How do you explain? The only way that I know how to explain is the reality of indwelling sin that is in us. And we struggle, we face it, and yet we fail to hit that perfect mark. What will help us in our struggle with sin? Three things quickly. Paul suggests three things in verse 24. Understand that these are only the first steps, baby steps, but we are going to discover other steps as we move along in Romans. And this is where we must begin. Step number one, honesty. Verse 24, he says, What a wretched man I am. That is a Christian talking. What a wretched man I am. 
apart from Jesus Christ, apart from the Holy Spirit, what a wretched man I am. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But first, the truth will hurt you. Because the truth will confront you. What a wretched man I am. Honesty is the first step to admitting our true condition. We are wretched and we are sinners. Number two, humility. Who will rescue me from this body of death? The difference between honesty and humility is that honesty says what a wretched man I am. Humility says I cannot save myself. There are only three things you can do with your sin. Number one, you can deny it. And many people do that. I'm not a sinner. I don't sin. Many people do that. Number two, you can deal with it on your own. With your own strength, by your own ways, it doesn't work. And number three, you can admit it, turn it to God, depend on Jesus and find forgiveness. Step number three, complete dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we come to a wonderful verse of Scripture that says in verse 25, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. To lighten up things, eh? in my previous church, there was a small boy, a special boy. And we, after prayer, we would say, thanks be to God. This small boy slipped his tongue and then he said, thanks to be God. Thanks be to God and thanks to be God are two very different things. We are not God. Thanks be to God. That's the answer to everything that he has just said about our struggle with sin. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of chapter 8 is comprehended in one tiny statement. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We cannot save ourselves. Only Jesus can. Thanks be to God. We are dis- going to discover that there's going to be victory in Romans 8. You don't have to be defeated, although sometimes you will feel that way. You don't have to stay in the mud, although that's where you will find yourself in life sometimes. But you don't have to stay there. Through complete dependence on Jesus Christ, there is going to be significant victory in your life. God wants to give us spiritual blessing. We will come to that in Romans 8. Come back next week for Romans 8. He wants you to battle with sin in Romans 7. The experience is meant to drive you into the arms of Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself, why must I go through all this struggle in life? Is God a sadist? God want to tekan me? 
Just like the army, they say, you train hard, you fight easy. <laughs> you didn't get it. Huh? You train hard, you fight easy. So you will survive. God is not like that. What is the purpose of God allowing suffering and struggles in your life? It doesn't mean that when you fail or when you do not, are not able to uh, overcome those, some of those failures, you are a failure. It doesn't mean that you are a bad person. God intends for you to struggle with sin so that in your struggle, you will be stripped of your self-reliance. In my counselling experience, I counsel a lot of addicts who struggle with addiction. You know there's something common about addicts? They have to come to a point where there's no longer any other way. Then they will cry out for help. That's why the gambling addict always go around borrowing money. Right? And lose everything. Go into debt. Owe the loan shark. Owe the bank. Owe everybody. Everybody avoid them. Then they got no choice. Then they still come to church. Right? And try to get help. And so on and so forth. Until they got no other way already. Isn't that true of us? We try all our ways, our means, and then until no choice, then we cry out to God. Why does God allow all this struggle? Because it makes you an excellent candidate for the grace of God. A showcase for others, so that others can see themselves in you. And they can say, if God can save you, God can save me. It is for the gospel's sake. That's why Jesus Christ, after you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you do not get zapped immediately and get transported into heaven. Because we must remain here and live a transformed holy life so that others we will be able to see that we are trying and we fall and it is alright. Get up and continue punching. We must battle with sin until the very end. Your struggle are His strategy to reach the world with the gospel. When you fail, not if you fail, but when you fail, that means to say we will fail. It's a matter of when. When you struggle and when you fall, remember that you are not alone. The Apostle Paul shares that same experience. Pastor Leonard shares that same experience with you. Get up and continue punching, battling until the very end. Look up, child of God and declare Romans chapter 7, verse 25. Thanks be to God, 
who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I will end with this verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, which is the next verse after 25. There's no 26 in Romans 7, but there's Romans chapter 8. In the olden times, their epistles are written in scrolls. Right? So what happens is all this chapter division is man-made. Okay, so if you understand that Romans chapter 7, verse 25 says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives us life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. I have spoken a lot on the bad news. Just one verse on the bad news. Good news. There is now no condemnation. Understand your struggle with sin, with evil. And God says, I do not condemn you. I understand what you're going through. I love you. I have the victory. Continue battling. Continue fighting. Like the Koreans say, fighting, fighting. I give us some time for us to transact with God. You have heard much today. After some time, I will close in prayer. Let us pray together. Father, indeed, our sins, they are many. But your mercy is more. We thank you that in you, there is no condemnation. Because we have been declared righteous. We are saved not by our own works, but by the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. When He died on the cross, He paid the penalty for all our sins. We have received freely from You and we worship You. We pray that You continue to give us sometimes but that is sometimes you knock us down but we will get up we will worship you because victory has been won by you the battle is yours 